Hello and welcome to Let's Talk, the special design edition. In this edition, we take you to the creative journeys of architects, fashion designers, content creators and entrepreneurs. So, let's talk. Today we have with us Arjun Rathi, who is an architect and a lighting designer. He is also a passionate photographer. Let's talk. Welcome Arjun. So, everyone knows you as this quirky designer and photographer, but like if you have to describe yourself in three words, uh, what would they be? Um, I think uh, first thing would be passionate. I think like passion, passion is everything. Absolutely. And it goes down into almost whatever you do, everything that you're working on, everything that you're trying to create. Uh, I think it starts with passion. Right. Uh, probably the second thing I would like to call myself is I pride myself on my memory. Oh. I think that's really helped me grow as a person, manage the studio. So memory right. is a very important. So are you one of those who can just read through books and then remember the pages? I I can remember stuff that I read in school, and uh, maybe I think very similar to passion. It's probably like desire to grow. You know, always better yourself. Yeah. Never fall in a comfort zone. Yeah. You but compete with yourself. Yes. Yes. And and sometimes too much, which also adds yeah. to the stress of every day. But I think that's that's important. Which just you want to like better yourself. Right. So that was great. You know yourself, but then how would your mother describe you? Oh, my my mom like <laughs> typical mama's boy, and, uh, <laughs> sweet boy. He's a sweet. Boy. He's a good boy. Yeah, you're good you're boy. the good boy. Oh my god. I always love, uh, like you know uh, talking about humble beginnings because we all begin with something that one small step that the thing that kind of drives us and uh, gets us where we are right now. So what is that one thing in your life that humble beginning? We'd like to know about that. I think like uh, always wanted to be an architect from school. Right. I think in a certain way uh, we had this technical drawing subject mm -hmm. in school and I was very attracted to <laughs> drawing. I I remember eleventh grade we had the so this was in eight nine ten oh yeah and in ICSE and uh, the teacher who was teaching the subject yeah. was an architect right. and she was somewhat briefly talking about how she graduated from SPA and uh, mm -hmm. they used to spend overnight working right making drawings something yeah. I could not imagine back then and I could totally understand for six years when I was doing the course right of <laughs> staying up overnight making drawings <laughs> I know but that's so much fun all the group maggies and tea and all of that midnight craziness oh absolutely absolutely I, I, I do miss that stories <laughs> of me falling asleep on my desk oh. in college and so my worst thing was outside the printer on the platform like. Yeah. What was yours? <laughs> like uh, I've slept there. I've like, been to my printer at four a.m. in the morning. Yeah. I was printing my thesis uh, <laughs> that night, and yeah. uh, like rattle the door. Please don't sleep. Wake up. <laughs> print my sheets. I have to give it in two hours. Yeah. But uh, I think it, it all like sort of like began with a little bit of interest with architecture. Right. And um, as you graduated, your ideas of architecture keep on changing. What design is? Mm -hmm. So it's been a very evolutionary process. Even right. working abroad in Switzerland, getting right. exposed to certain things. Certain right. styles of working, working in India, right. learning things to do, things not to do—all of that yeah. sort of amalgamates and has helped uh, start the practice. Yeah. So that's a very good point. Like you know, because uh, uh, when you've done architecture uh, from India and then you go abroad, there's a stark contrast to how right. things function. So uh, there are a lot of people uh, who would kind of face this trouble because you have to unlearn a certain mindset right. and you know come up with newer ways of tackling things. So. Can we like dive into that? Sure. So I think like you know uh, one good thing about working abroad it is very structured over there in terms of execution. But yeah. uh, I think uh, there's a little bit of 
craziness in India, which which lets you work more openly yeah. here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was probably one of the reasons why I even wanted to leave my job there and come back and start my mm-hmm. practice here. And mm-hmm. even coming down here, working with some firms in the builder space for mm-hmm. a few years to get a hang of the market, that sort of trained me because you're coming yeah. from a very structured. organization yeah. to indian jugad <laughs> yeah uh, indian follow up i think yeah. uh, oh, also follow up yeah, yeah I, i think that that one word follow up <laughs> is like sh- should be a subject in college which they <laughs> yeah, should teach because be nobody trains you for how to handle things in india right. but i think it's 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 it's, it's amazing because that also allows you to do a lot of other things i would like to ask you that uh, what was your very first job that you ever got paid for and uh, did it impact on how you do things today um i think pretty much you know so i started off freelancing for a lot of newspapers mm-hmm. early on in college mm-hmm. and i was really excited when the first time um i was very passionate about music at this long mm-hmm. hair mm-hmm. and a friend of mine gave me an opportunity to write uh, for one of the online newspapers mumbai mirror oh. was just starting up back then wow and they were looking for a young team to contribute mm-hmm. and i got this chance to review the dire straits concert wow like you know like pretty like cult level thing yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> i've been i've grown up listening to mark knopf right. and he was coming down and i went to write the concert review and these guys took me for the press conference mm-hmm. and was extremely excited mm-hmm. uh so probably a little bit of passion for photography really expanded from there as well because you we were right. going and documenting the shows as well mm-hmm. uh i learned a lot from the other photographers over there so the whole idea of being open to learning from other people's experiences in a way sort of came from there even things what the editorial team would talk about used to have these mm. discussions every week at the times of india office mm. and uh, hearing these established journalists just talk about what they do i think that passion sort of almost dropped off in a certain way it was great to know your about your first job uh, but what was that one accomplishment that made you feel confident it's very important to maybe fail early yeah fail yeah. early because like you know many times when you're doing uh your work or yeah. whatever your goal is yeah. fear of failure is maybe the biggest limitation Absolutely. factor and uh learning that uh you you learn more from failures and when you're not right. afraid of it you end up accomplishing more right and i think that's probably helped uh sort of develop every success that has come in the studio where we failed at almost everything we've done first mm-hmm. but now when there's no fear of failure you end up doing greater and bigger things because you're confident so talking about failures uh, when did you realize that uh, your life turned from ordinary to extraordinary what was that one story one moment um uh, i think like uh, key is to always be who you are i don't think i've changed too much as right. a person uh i think uh, at some point you also realize when uh, uh your work gets out there a little bit mm-hmm. people are expecting a lot from you so i think the only thing that changes are the expectations from you as a professional and i think right. that's when you maybe realize that uh, the the work gets bigger it's larger stakes and you gain more importance yeah i think that's a great philosophy to work on uh, but now let's let's get a little personal and uh, let's talk about love you want to talk about love and yeah, your sure. college crush <laughs> and yeah because i always like talking about love <laughs> i think i was the most socially awkward person in school and college really yeah i had like maybe a handful of friends throughout growing up uh-huh. and uh, I, i think many times you're left to yourself to figure it out socially and yeah but what um, about that one girl or that that one love of your life uh, yeah i think like uh, met some very interesting people over the years <laughs> they all left and uh, 
and that's one common thing yeah. <laughs> every 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 heartbreak failure makes you stronger back then it was the day of uh, the online messengers you know so, i remember so, yahoo and yeah yahoo icq ICQ, ICQ yeah. MSN Messenger. So everyone used to log on to these chat rooms yeah. and these chat softwares from six to eight, six to nine. Like right, you know, you, you right. Those are the fixed stars and and yeah. limited internet. And and you're waiting for the person to come on, you know, because yeah. back then cell phones were just just dial. Luxury. <laughs> I I didn't have a cell phone. So, so yeah. uh, it was it was pretty exciting, like you know, back yeah. then. So so you're dating in that sort of a informal environment mm-hmm. and. Uh, lot of your influence on what a ideal date should be is built in movies that you're seeing because yeah. there was Bollywood no it. social media no one to advise you no yeah. blogs to read no blogs to, to read to yeah. like check out no rules actually in, in like general what really helped me was being alone in switzerland i was mm-hmm. there for just mm-hmm. a short time a year yeah. but when you're like staying alone it's up to you do you go and get out there meet people right. and that really helped uh, build my personality a little bit i was extremely right. introverted i'm still am very personal but uh, it helped me it's easy now it's easy for me to go strike a conversation with anybody right. so what's your current status uh, i am dating someone at the moment mm. yeah are we taking names uh, no? she's a graphic designer pictures not not on the camera it's it's a lonely days Nice. So it's 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 good this feeling of just having someone to. It does it like help you in your design process because for me it does like it puts me in a good mood in a good space. It's yeah. very important to date someone who I think somewhat inspires you or pushes you. Yeah. And sometimes with the creative that's very important because uh, you just you either have somebody who's completely opposite and yes. gives you a new perspective. Yeah. Or somebody who's in the creative field which sometimes is difficult to date but. Uh, really inspires you and wants you to be better and i think mm. that's important to find someone in this creative journey we all have those uh, bad days or you know when 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 life was tough what is that one thing that kept you going what was your motivation um i think like uh, it's important to know that you can't quit yeah. and like as i said uh, the more often you fail you realize it's natural process right. so when you face something difficult you should not get agitated you just work harder to move around it yeah and i think generally uh, meditation has helped a lot to calm right. myself down keep right. those nerves uh, another thing that's probably helped a lot is uh, i live alone so that's helped me also get a lot of mind space for myself when i go back on a hard yeah. day yeah Uh, sometimes a good meal. Like I've probably like I live in Churchgate, so I've identified all my. I reckon spots. you're a foodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so you have a bad day, so I know what I need to do to get an immediate yeah. lift up. Yeah. But while yeah. I'm eating, I'm kind of just thinking. Like or not a, just, yeah, just like definitely. it's pani puri for me. What what's that one thing that like oh. just changes your mood? There's a lot of things. <laughs> so it depends on the mood. So there's this uh, green tea leaf salad at Boma Boma. Oh yeah. White needle tea. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I've learned quite a few things from you, but uh, let's talk about life uh, as we know now. So, uh, you know, how do you get like it? It's a world of multitasking. So, how do you get uh, all those things into place without being too overwhelmed? I think like uh, one is the journey you've been through, but it's important to get a little desensitized right. to pressure. Uh, you have pressure from your clients. You have pressure mm-hmm. from yourself. You have pressure from your team. Pressure from your family, mm-hmm. and that is what you're actually tackling the whole time. Yeah. Like I can remember a time when uh, uh, we were working on a project, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of family issues you're tackling. Parallelly, mm-hmm. you're solving issues at site. Uh, we were 
doing these chandeliers that the world does, for mm-hmm. example, you know, and uh, we wrapped up these 65 feet chandeliers, five wow. of them, including a 100 feet crystal chandelier. Wow. In just under a month, about 30 days. And the challenge there was uh, towards the end of that execution, I was leaving for Iceland. I planned this whole trip out okay. and we had a delivery date and everything had to be done. Yeah. And I was like, before I leave, I want to see most of it somewhat in order. Right. And then I think the team could have managed it. But everything before the execution, mm-hmm. what could go wrong went wrong. Uh-huh. Like from the contractors not showing up to the material being wrongly ordered, mm-hmm. issues in production oh. uh, and all that implicating on timeline and the clients right. hounding down on you. and. Uh, uh, those are times when you just want to go home and sit alone in a room and, just <laughs> yeah. sit and figure things out. But then, and listen you, to Pink Floyd, maybe. Oh, oh that's always happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Gilmour is a big part. But uh-huh. uh, uh, point being, like, you have to just be at it. You can't say, right. you know, like, you see other people crumbling around you, but mm-hmm. you have to be yeah. more on top of things. Yeah. And uh, that's where it's important. Almost like a little bit of a, a page from Batman's book where mm-hmm. when things go wrong, and if you are ordered in front, things will start start turning better. So, and I recently just uh, saw one of your work, which was a great uh, collaboration or jugalbandi between a Kathak dancer and your lighting. So, could right. you throw some more light on your lighting design? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. You know, so uh, basically, a lot of the work that we do is influenced from architecture. Right. You know, being from a very formal yeah. architecture background, yeah. and uh, that light was inspired from the shikra of. Nagra style temples. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indian architecture was always sort of an interest of me, even yeah. studying architecture with yeah. a very engaging uh, history professor called Kevan Mehta, who used to teach us history of architecture. Oh, yeah. And he was very passionate about the details and probably, mm-hmm. you know, like something that he said stuck on to my head back right. then. And uh, I said, let's do this light inspired from Indian temples. Okay. And we said, we'll use this idea of the five elements yeah. uh, and earth, fire, wind, water, eater. Ether. And one thing which was very important for me was Indian temple architecture was one of the places where music and Indian dance originated. Right. The space allowed for certain music to get created. So if the temple bell rings at a certain frequency, Correct. which is 432 hertz, the frequency mm-hmm. of Om, mm-hmm. uh, it's because the architecture allows for it to ring at that frequency. Right. And the idea was that we find uh, a way to represent the chandelier, the hanging light, with a relation of Indian architecture, dance, and space and light. Show that relationship, and that's where uh, we found Asta Mehta. She was a Kathak dancer who was visiting uh, India, right. and a very interesting sort of a note because she's born and raised in New York. She's oh. she's rarely raised in India, but she's trained right. with a traditional style right. in New York. So she brought in right. her own fusion style with mm. the Indian dance form uh-huh. and we collaborated and we made that video talking about the idea of passions where you were saying you know like the key thing about photography that was very exciting for me was one was learning photography with all these professional photographers because mm-hmm. I was the amateur guy clicking at these concerts yeah. and uh, over time I got some film cameras which is sort of like loaned to me gifted to me oh. and I started shooting only with film for the last 12 years wow. so I switched off digital started sh- shooting with film and one thing I really enjoyed with film was that uh, you wait for the moment. You only have 30 right. shots or 16 shots when I shoot in medium format. Right. So you're not wasting and being trigger happy, sh- like just clicking yeah. everything away. And uh, 
I bought this Lomo camera, this mm-hmm. photography camera yeah. in 2012. Okay. And they had these very interesting films, these purple haze films, red films, infrared yeah. films. Yeah. And uh, one thing I really enjoyed shooting with film was that the blurs because it shows more energy Motion, many times. Actually. Yeah, like you know, say you're in a crowded pub and someone pushes you and you get a blurry picture of your friend. Yeah. It just shows the energy of what's actually happening right. there beyond just Yeah, you actually capture the moment. Yeah. So yeah. and for me, like a lot of my photography on the blog also is huh. stories. Like every photo yeah. has a memory attached to it. Right. And you can almost map all those stories yeah. over the course of eight years and build my life yeah. from a memory standpoint. Right. A uh, lot of ex-girlfriends are on that blog. <laughs> so, do we add the link to it or no? <laughs> <laughs> let's do something fun. Um, let's play a game. Uh, I call it "If Not This, Then That," and I'm going to ask you five questions, and you have to be like super fast answering them. Okay. Good to go. If you were not doing what you are doing today, what would you be doing? You know, I, I, I'm very passionate about ice hockey as a sport. Oh, wow. Yeah, it yeah. sort of originated a little bit from computer games as a right. child growing up yeah. with this EA Sports yeah. sort of a craze that was there back yeah. then with the computer gaming bit. But it's kind of like stuck with me and I would love to be an ice hockey player if I would not be. Wow. If you were not living in India, where would you like to be living? You already answered that. But, but my favorite but, city is Stockholm. So if you were not who you are, who would you like to be? I would love to be... Batman. Batman, yeah. So if you weren't working every day, what would you be doing instead? Uh, I think traveling is one thing. Uh, very passionate about going yeah. and seeing places. But most importantly for me, it's all about the mountains. For some nice. reason, I feel very connected to the landscape. If you were not a human being, what would you want to be? Um, I think I'd like to be an asteroid. Asteroid? Yeah, you can just kind of like roam around space and see all these pretty <laughs> stars and nebulas and colors. like. You know, like uh, a lot of these space documentaries have influenced yeah. me growing up. You did really well on this segment. I mean, you were yourself and I, I love the fact that you know yourself so well. Now that we know you so well, uh, let's talk about your aspirations and your dream project. Uh, so I think like uh, lighting designs become a very important aspect of my practice. Yeah. And uh, one of the dream projects right now is to design all the decorative lighting for the new airport that's coming up. Wow. You know, so you see the present international airport in Mumbai and you see all these inspirational lights that are there and uh, you realize the experience that people and memories people sort of have walking under something that you've created, right. you know. Yeah, those lotus ones are yeah. really pretty. And there's, so, the there's, and yeah. there's so many of those in yeah. the space and uh, probably the dream project would be to design all the lighting for the new Mumbai International Panvel Airport, Airport at Panvel Airport. Yeah. Uh, if you know someone, please connect me. <laughs> I'd love to go and make <laughs> I, a I pitch. Just, yeah. yeah <laughs> so like, I'd love to do these. I had interviewed as a for a project planner some like three years ago. So I might still know someone. So like my, my vision was to maybe make this sort of a nice kinetic sculpture that slowly sort of moves over there and uh, sort of changes its light with the timing of the day. You know, so try and get this biological aspect which talks about circadian lighting. Right. You know, many times at these airports you don't realize whether it's day, night or afternoon. Yeah. You know, it's so yeah. artificially lit in this environment. Yeah. You're always wired and you're awake hmm. or, you, or you're always attention. So I wanted right. something like a, like a lighting sculpture to talk about that. So like from, be- from being trained as an architect to becoming a lighting designer now, like what is that one thing that you would, new thing that you would like to learn? Maybe 
languages you know more languages i know a little bit of german but mm -hmm. uh, i would love to learn maybe 10 different languages which allowed me to go and connect with these people in remote areas right. like i'd love to do a solo trip to mongolia but also be able to I speak their language on. yeah it's nice right it's got yeah. all these horses and these yeah. and these desolate environments but then to even yeah. to be communicate with people so yeah. sort of communication helps you build connections and relate to the space yeah. and uh, learning new languages would be my dream you know brilliant we spoke about design and lighting and all of that so what legacy would you want to leave i think from a legacy standpoint i would being a very emotional person myself i would want people to sort of remember me through the feelings that they felt uh, inhabiting a space i created memories they formed in my space and other people to read how other people felt inhabiting my space you know uh, so sometimes people keep saying design should be timeless but i don't know how strong a statement it is it becomes timeless when people talk about experiences or emotions that they felt in inhabiting your work right. experiencing yeah. your work and that's the like legacy i want people to talk about the emotional upliftment they felt inhabiting the spaces so as you know the show is called let's talk so what is that one thing you want uh, people to talk more about i think like uh, more sensitivity towards our environment you know that we inhabit uh, it was very interesting a few days ago i was at the lucky ali concert and he had this very interesting anecdote where he was talking about the ganga as a river where yeah. of almost 50 60 years back the river was almost 100 meters deep mm. it had these white blind dolphins which would eat the carcasses floating and naturally clean the river mm -hmm. and today the river is yeah. less than 5 to 6 meters deep at its deepest point yeah. so how much we've affected it negatively and yeah. uh, it's affecting our environment and as designers we're always trying to create this utopia or this micro environment yeah. for our clients yeah. and many times you're yearning for green to escape the city and why should that be the case like why can't we make our city as an environment a very pleasurable place to live yeah. and uh, as designers we have certain responsibility also uh, how can we influence others to be more sensitive towards the environment our decision makers policy makers uh, that is something which i think getting some awareness along that would be a great yeah thank you so much arjun for being on the show it has been great talking to you uh, our venue partners the a have been gracious enough to hand over this day pass which gives you access to all their facilities i hope you have a wonderful time here thank you for hosting me ritika and uh, it's a lovely space Thank you for joining us. This show is being powered by Instituto Marangoni, who always believes in supporting talent. I'd like to thank our new partner, the A, and a huge thank you to Indifolio for co-curating and marketing this entire season. Thank you, guys. <laughs>